0: All right, senders, let's go. This is episode 77 with our special guest, Christian Burrell. Christian Burrell is the owner and sole operator of a bike company called Burrell Bikes. After spending many years cross-country racing, Christian, who also qualified to race at nationals, wanted to start spreading the joy of riding to others. He volunteered to coach with the Utah NICA League to teach high schoolers how to ride and to help them see the beauty in the sport. With so many families that needed expensive bike repairs, Christian began to offer repair service as a hobby to help get kids back on the trails fast. Now he has expanded that idea of helping kids have great equipment to building bikes, helping all budget levels find quality equipment to enjoy the experience as much as possible. So if you see a Burrell bike out there on the trails, you know it was built with a lot of heart. Folks, I hope you enjoyed this episode with our special guest, owner of Burrell Bikes, Christian Burrell. Also, thank you to the supporters of the segment podcasts. These podcasts have been brought to you by all of the folks that you see down in the description. They have offered promo codes for you to enjoy their products at a discount. If you're a listener of the podcast, use the promo codes that are listed down there as well as the links that are affiliate links that help keep this channel afloat. Some of the supporters out there is YT Industries, Tasco MTB, Better Bolts, Dianese OC, Spy Optic Sunglasses, and also Capu Coffee. Folks, thank you so much for joining me on these episodes. And without further ado, here is our special guest, Christian Burrell. Christian Burrell, the owner of Burrell Bikes. Dude, it is so great to have you on the show. Thanks for jumping on all the way up from Boise,
1: Idaho. Yeah, I'm your second Idaho person in the podcast, aren't I?
0: Yes, you are. You are. It was uh, TRP Jerry there was the the first, but man, congratulations. Uh, I got a great text message from you. I think it was like a week ago, and it said, my website's up. I'm ready to do this and I said, "Man, let's let's get you on the podcast." So, um for the folks that are out there on the chat, I see Trail Monster. What's up Trail Monster?" he says. "Howdy Trail Monster with a whole shot today." Also got Adam Mock out there. "What's up Mr. Adam Mock?" he says. "Let's go."
1: Adam, Cra- love you brother.
0: Yeah, love you brother. craig MTB raging out there checking on his dad in middle America. Dude, I hope you were able to take a bike with you out there. He's checking in. What's up, Craig? Good to see you. And producer Debbie is here. She says, Debbie, live from the Sky Park Fun Races. I hope you had your run. I hope you got some good times, Deb. And I hope you're getting some points tonight. So Debbie, thank you for being here. Um, yeah, our guest here is Christian Burrell. I keep wanting to say Burrell. <laughs> and Ace, we met, uh, well, first of all, they call Let the folks know why we all call you ace. That's pretty funny.
1: Sure. I actually have, uh, like five different nicknames, (laughs) but, uh, (laughs) no, uh, hopefully, um, rad dad, Adam will jump in here pretty soon. Uh, he said he's coming, but, uh, I used to work in the zoo and aquarium industry. Um, I did education, trying to teach people about things like vaquita and, uh, other fun things that are highly endangered. Um, and, uh, as I was working at the zoo, uh, Adam decided he did not like my current nickname, which was Crisco. <laughs> and that's how a lot of you see me in the, uh, yeah, Ace. <laughs> that's how you see me in the chat is Crisco Bike. Um, and uh, Adam decided that since I work at the zoo, it reminded him of Ace Ventura. And so both Adam and Luis Desert Desert Rat decided to call me Ace, and it stuck.
0: That is so, so cool. funny. And I met you on a ride with MTB Rad Dad. And uh, Adam introduced you to me as Ace. Mm -hmm. And then it was only later on that I found out your real name is Christian. (laughs) So, (laughs) oh man. But yeah, we had a great time. We were rolling down Greer. I got to meet you for the first time there. And uh, I could definitely tell that you're good friends with Adam Miller, AKA MTB Rad Dad. And you guys are kind of busting each other's chops as we were going up and down the trails. Found out that, uh, you are heavily you were heavily into racing and uh, for the folks who don't know tell them a little bit about your story and that turning point in the race career to where you are now supporting people going through that race concepts
1: sure if i uh, end up going off too far just steer me back okay mark you so, got it brother uh by the way one thing that i absolutely love about that socal community the mtb community down there is mark you and i rode together once yes and we still text all the time yeah it seems like the whole group down there just the moment you meet each other you're just best buds right off the bat and i love it and i miss it a lot um didn't want to leave and come up here to boise but i had a job and you know how that all works so yeah i uh, used to live in uh just south of salt lake city in utah i was there for about 20 years um and i was actually previously heavily uh obsessed with rock climbing um, oh, no I've been to Yosemite, I've done Half Dome and El Cap and a lot of that other stuff. And, oh, wow. So it was, it was my passion. Um, but, uh, after a couple accidents, <laughs> I, uh, came home and saw my baby daughter, um, and just had one of those moments of, I can't keep doing this, you know? So I switched to the incredibly nonviolent and extremely safe sport of mountain biking. Yes. Nobody ever gets hurt doing this stuff. <laughs> so. Right, um, right. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, um. I uh, found a website that used before trail forks, the website for Utah trails was utah Okay. And Okay. It had all the information. It has all the GPS, the videos, etc. The guy that does that uh, website, his name is Bruce Argyle and he's kind of the godfather of Utah biking. So, um, oh, you sent anyways. me that link. You sent me that link. Yeah. Yeah. Re- really good people. They have a, a smallish bike shop, but they've been there forever and they, everybody there just, they know everything about biking. So, um, anyways i uh i saw on their website that they had a race team and uh, i this may sound silly but all the photos they put on there probably intentionally were a whole bunch of the uh not so in shape people uh, okay. just sitting around enjoying a barbecue and so i'm like well, oh, hey <laughs> that sounds great um and then also i uh, was riding a really hard trail called south fork little deer creek loop uh near um sundance uh utah and two guys in what we call UMB kits, by Utah mountain biking, they were, they just, I was struggling on this climb and they just flew up past me and smiled oh. and said, howdy on the way by. And I was just like, oh, I want to be like them.
0: They can breathe and talk and climb at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And I, I,
1: I met, met them later and told them that story and they laughed their head off. But anyways, I, um, I went and did a rate, my first race down in uh, hurricane, Utah. And, uh, I was hooked ever since, and I haven't put on my climbing shoes since. And that was in the early aughts. So, um, so yeah, just to keep going, I did a lot of cross country racing, moved up through the cats and, um, was just obsessed with it. I was training multiple days a week. I was out doing hard, hard, intense rides, uh, you know, getting podiums every once in a while. Um, I did qualify for nationals when it was back at uh, big bear, which was my big goal. But, uh, my wife was pregnant with our second child who was actually due like the week after big bear, the event would have been okay. So I did not get the green light husband hall pass to go out to big bear and race. So I didn't get to do it. That's too close all the way from Utah, right? (laughs) Yeah. And everybody else that was going to go backed out. So I would have been going out all by myself and my wife was just like, nope. Yeah. Uh, any of you family people out there? I'm sure you can, uh, you can <laughs> empathize and relate. But yeah, good choice. Good choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After that, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. Um, yeah. Some people are talking about my headphones. When you have three daughters, you get pink and light blue headphones.
0: So... Yeah, those look like what are those Skull Candy? <laughs> I'm, I'm digging those.
1: No, these these are just you know Walmart Target special Taste. for. Dude, they Here's, sound amazing. <laughs> they sound for my ten-year-old daughter, and uh, I just grabbed them really fast. So.
0: <laughs> Sterling Chen says, uh, "Best headphones ever. Love them, Crisco."
1: Oh yeah. So Sterling and I go way back, but uh, and he'll remember a lot of these stories. So after I couldn't get to Big Bear to race nationals, I uh, was really just kind of bummed out and couldn't think of well, what do I want to do now? Because uh, I put everything into all my eggs into that basket of trying to get to nationals, especially um big bear because that's where i first was introduced to the sport i saw hans ray out there saw the kamikaze downhill and just as a little kid i was just already oh i want to try this so oh wow so it um, had
0: more of a meaning that race than just being the location
1: of big bear it it had like a
0: historical meaning to you
1: right and i had i really I thought about it for decades until I suddenly had that chance. So wow. Now the, were
0: you working for the zoos at the same time or all your eggs in the basket? Meaning like you were all in training. This is it.
1: Oh, I was still juggling a full time job. I was actually working at that time, uh, of uh, the Big Bear Nationals. I was actually a director of a department at the Living Planet Aquarium just south of Salt Lake. Okay. So it's like the eighth largest aquarium in the entire country. And I had a staff of like 60 people, so I was really busy juggling, you know, a family and still trying to train, had a really understanding wife and, you know, it works out sometimes, sometimes not. So,
0: yeah, yeah. So you're, you're training for the big bear race. You want to go to the nationals. You're not able to make it, uh, which was a great choice, by the way, for all the husbands out there, always a good (laughs) choice. when you have a baby that's like that close to being born. Um, so
1: what happens thereafter? So I I was feeling bummed out honestly, and I uh, was like, "Well, what do I do now?" And uh, there is an event um, out of Beaver, Utah, that some of you may have heard of, called the Crusher in the Tusher. Ooh! Uh, the mountains there are called the Tusher Mountains, and there is a gravel race called the Crusher in the Tusher. Ooh! Ooh. So sounds like a lot um, of climbing. Yeah, it's if I remember right, it's about 75 miles and somewhere between eight and nine thousand feet of climbing all on dirt roads. Lord. And, and it gets up to like twelve thousand feet or something, eleven thousand feet or something like that. So you're way up there.
0: Good uh, grief.
1: Yeah. And you actually finish up at uh a ski resort. So I mean it's way up there. Um, but Tour de France pros have actually come out and started for this race. So you're actually like in the lineup with all the these big names and everything and They have a cutoff and I decided, all right, I'm going to go do it. And, uh, I got signed up because one of those ones where you have a lottery and you have to like sign up within a five minute window or you can't get in. And, um, because I'd never done a race like that before I had to train. And of course, this time I got the okay from my wife ahead of time. I told her what was going to involve. She (laughs) said, okay. So every, I was out doing like 50, 60, 70, 80. Uh, I did one century, but I was doing big time road miles. And in Utah, if any uh, any of you know, there's tons of big mountain canyons that you can ride up. So I was doing as many of those as I could um, and just trying to get as much climbing in as I could. Uh, Yeah. The, the century day that I did, um, I, that day I also got in again, like 8,000 feet of climbing or something. So it was a huge day on a road bike. So geez, my um, goodness. But then the reason we're telling this story is two weeks before the race actually took place, I was totally ready. I felt fantastic. Um, I had the shape, I'd done the training. Um, I was doing one more final, uh, test run where I was going to do essentially, uh, a ride that was going to mimic the actual event. It's going to be around 70 something miles. And yeah, like Seventy five hundred feet of climbing or something, and as I was headed up the first climb, going up what's called American Fort Canyon to do the Alpine Loop, um, Mm -hmm. I got smashed from behind by a a Ford F one hundred and (coughs) fifty. Holy crap! Which had the which had the courtesy of only hitting me and wrecking my bodies, but the bike was okay. The bike was able to get out of there. The bike was okay. Yeah. (laughs) Holy crap! So. It's on the climb. Did you hear it coming? Did you see it coming? No, not. I had no clue what was going on. I was just in, you know, I was just in climbing mode. I had my headphones on. I was just, you know, just kind of just trying to get in the zone. I was halfway up the first big climb. And uh, suddenly I, everything went black and I felt this enormous rush. That's the only way I can describe it. Just, It didn't feel like a push. It felt like a rush coming from behind me and everything went black. And next thing I know, I'm just laying on the ground, um, just totally stunned. And uh, my whole left side turned into one enormous um, bruise. Oh. Um, my head had a huge uh, smash spot on it. My helmet was completely crushed in in the back. Jeez. Um, so, because, yeah, again, he, he missed the bike and hit me square in the helmet. So, Whoa. Um, so yeah. Dang, Christian.
0: Did you... What was that like the moment that you got hit, you're on the ground, everything goes black. Did you come to there or did you come to in the ambulance or the hospital or where when did you come to?
1: so I was totally dazed and confused. I had a a massive concussion um and anybody here that's had a concussion, you know like after right after it happens, you have kind of a what the just yeah, I couldn't hear very well um I couldn't make sense. I could see blurs of people and things. I have some vague recollection of what actually happened there. Um, But what happened was I was coherent enough that we were able to get my wife on my cell phone. And the guy that hit me did stop. He basically scooped me up into the truck and uh, dropped me off at my house. And then my wife took me to the hospital. Holy crap. But yeah. Oh, and then. I didn't. I forgot to even tell you this. It turned out so. Just a little side story. So yeah, obviously, I we uh, had a legal case going from this because the guy hit me from behind. Uh-huh. Turns out that the guy was actually um, when we went to court, he was in jail for doing a good old Utah Ponzi scheme. No. So they had to actually locate him in jail first to get it in oh. his statement. So. Oh, Utah dude. is famous for Ponzi schemes and MLMs. So. Oh my gosh,
0: no way! When this guy hit you, was he? Did he let? Did he tell you what happened? Like, did he just take his eyes off the road? I mean, was this the time when people were texting?
1: I don't remember. <clears throat> so Man. that's yeah, in that yeah. period. That's really fuzzy. Wow. So, um, did you have anything? Now,
0: what what happened? You went to the hospital. Um, what happened to your body?
1: Uh, amazingly, the body was relatively okay. Um, like I said, I had a lot of cuts and scrapes. I, I landed on my left-hand side. And so that side was just chewed up, um, basically just looked like I had one enormous bruise all the way down from my head, all the way down to my foot. Um, and, uh, sorry, I hear the family behind me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and they, uh, yeah, like I said, I didn't even know really what had happened to me. Um, my wife took some photos so I could see, oh wow, I got a, My back of my head is really red and smashed. So, wow. but, uh, other than a really, really nasty concussion and just some other really bad road rash and things, I actually got away relatively okay. Okay. So, um, I am still here. Yes. But, uh, as some of you know, um, doctors told me when I asked them how long it's going to be to recover, cause the. As soon as I was coherent again, I was thinking, "Oh, I have to get ready for my race in two weeks." <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> you know, <laughs> you do all the work, and you are like, "I still want to do the event." The bike is still good, <laughs> so um, all you might, all you bikers, you know what I am talking about. That's that's how this works, so, right?
0: Right? Is the bike okay? <laughs> yeah,
1: I still have the bike, um, but uh, I actually had a good friend who was a um, an ER doctor, and he told me, "Hey, a, a concussion like yours." will heal sometime between four days to forever. Meaning, mean, Ooh. I could, I might always have concussion symptoms. Yeah. Um, and if any of you have ever had a concussion like that, some of you know what I'm talking about. Um, and uh, he told me, look, Christian, the way your concussion is, if you crash again um, on that race, he's like, you could go do it. But on that race, if you crash again and smash your head, he's like, you could die. Um, So two little ones at at home uh, at that time. Yeah. Two little ones. So, and, uh, did we have the third yet? I think we were getting ready to have the third. So I always Uh try to make things dramatic. My wife's pregnant, I guess. So, um, (laughs) but yeah, uh, after that though, um, again, some of you know what I'm talking about, uh, some of those long-term symptoms uh started to kick in of depression Mm. anxiety um lethargy just didn't want to do anything Mm. um i from that time i did i tried one race um about eight months later um and it was a because i'm stupid i signed up for a 50 mile mountain bike ride (laughs) Holy! (laughs) and um i uh, i I think I nearly died just because I was so <laughs> yeah. out of shape. I just signed up for it. Cause I'm like, Oh, I, I, I'm in great shape. I can totally do this. So, but uh, yeah, I, I haven't, other than that one, I haven't really done any racing since and uh, ended up having to um, set after a long story, I had to leave my career uh, in zoos and aquariums just because of the depression the anxiety got to me. Um, and uh, I, I, Honestly, Adam, I'm really glad you're here, my brother, because uh, he and I have chatted a little bit on the side. Um, <laughs> uh, kind of the, the litmus of the entire story or the crux of the entire story uh, was um, last year. Uh, I don't know how else to put it, but last year I tried to end myself oh, uh, wow. because oh, everything man. just got so bad. Um, luckily, um, I had a therapist that was really smart about figuring out what was wrong with me. And she actually called me and said, I think, do we need to check with you? You know, and she got my wife on the phone and they convinced me to, um, self admit myself to the hospital. And I was there for a little while getting all straightened out and still, still dealing with the depression and the anxiety. And yeah, I mean, some of, you know, it's, uh, it's long-term it doesn't just go away, you know? So, but i've had to find uh, happiness in other areas like my family and also what i'm here for tonight is to talk about Burrell bikes so yeah
0: man what a crazy story so do you think that some of the depression and anxiety still stem from that accident is it possible 100%, that- 100% yeah 100% man i'm grateful you're here bro <clears throat> and thank you for talking about that I, I i really appreciate that um adam mock is here in the audience and he actually is saying um the mental health is real it's right to be want to be well right it's oh, yeah. right to be want to be well so yeah so you got you got dialed in uh i'm glad you took a step away opened up burrell bikes and uh, we got some good looking bikes to uh share with you guys tonight um as as we do that so this new venture is yeah, let me
1: tell a little bit of the story yeah eating up to that. Is okay but go ahead and finish what you're gonna say oh yeah
0: yeah no i i just love that as as we get into this this will be a new chapter of your life mm-hmm. more closer to the passions of of what pushed you into the race scene and this will still continue to give you that vibe into the race world um and uh speaking of racing the coach for the laguna beach mountain bike team just hopped on air blair is on he says what up mtb family welcome blair welcome welcome um but yeah take it from there ace you you're uh starting this new venture stepping away from your job corporate job and now here we are, here we are. um
1: we were going to try to do this uh down in the shop but uh the reception just wasn't working so we had to come up here um but uh after racing kind of started to fizzle out for me and i knew i just didn't have the just didn't have the desire to train hard anymore Oh yeah there there's a decent shot of the shop that i decided to build down in my garage so that's thanks beautiful. for having that yeah uh, is that off the website yeah that's off the website isn't it yeah
0: that is yeah straight yeah. off your website yeah and
1: that's actually the first bike i ever fully built that we're looking at right there so i'm wow. just putting on the uh putting on the dropper post and that's a few of the last touches actually so
0: no nah, it's a good looking bike
1: thanks uh we'll come back to that bike in just a bit though but um, I got involved uh, with NICA, so Air Blair. Yep, we're talking about you now. So uh, we, uh, I started volunteering because I heard that they wanted to start a league in Utah, and they just needed kids to have coaches, and uh, you know, so they could have teams. So I decided to volunteer and sign up. Uh, my friend, uh, who actually now um, is in Grand Junction, he runs uh, Level Up Coaching. For mountain bike coaching. Um, but his name is Dennis. He uh convinced me to volunteer as the assistant coach with his team.
0: Oh and, nice. um,
1: the day before we had our parent meeting, uh, he called me up and said, Oh, hey, we're moving to Grand Junction. So we'll see you later. <laughs> oh no. And so in 24 hours, I'm supposed to go see all these parents, you know, and I'm like, Well, what do I do? And so just I suddenly was like, Well, I don't want to leave this program to just fizzle and die before it even starts. So I was like, well, I guess I'm running a team now so, <laughs> that um, <isn't> my fire. <laughs> yeah. I did that for a little while. Uh, I was actually doing that to start while I was training for the crusher and the Tusher. So yeah, I was doing a lot, but, um, after I had the accident, I kind of just stepped back, took some time off and I had a good friend, uh, Jason Cowley, who coached the uh, Pleasant Grove Viking 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 team with nika and he knew some of the stuff i was going through and he invited me back out to just come be a ride leader with his team and uh so i did that and it did it just rejuvenated me just because i wasn't out there for myself i was out there to ride with the kids and Mm -hmm. just focus on them and help them feel like oh yeah we can do this and just you know, living off of their excitement and their smiles when they do something that they didn't think that they could do before, or just yeah. even just to see the the girls, you know, get on a bike and make it up a climb. And I don't mean to be disparaging of any genders or that. I just mean it's just so cool to watch them challenge themselves and actually accomplish those goals and just how excited and happy that they get. I absolutely love it. That's cool. And That's good uh, energy. Yeah, it brought me back. Um and I, as I chatted with parents on the team, they started uh, telling me about how, yeah, we we had to pull every last dime we could get work a second job just to get our kid on a bike. And they're like, we can't afford repairs. They started noticing at practice, a lot of kids couldn't shift their bikes. You know, they had parts hanging off, just all kinds of things were wrong with their bikes. And I'm like, why don't you get that fixed? and uh the kids were like oh my parents said we can't and i talked to the parents and parents said well we've put all the money into having our kid in this program we can't even afford the discounted rates that the shop is giving us um because they had you know good shop sponsors and everything but they're like we can't even afford that wow. so i happen to have a much smaller version of the shop that i have now and i just said tell you what just come by the come by my shop I'll, i got the tools i can probably fix it and uh I I really was just doing it because I actually really enjoy bikes. I like helping out the kids and, uh, but they were usually like here, let let me pay you. I'm like, all right, how about like 10 bucks or something like that? So I
0: had, I had read that somewhere, uh, Ace about you, that you would show up to practice and you would fix these kids bikes. Probably hundreds of dollars is what it would normally cost or way more. And you would just charge $10. (laughs) Good grief. That's so awesome, man.
1: Well, that, and if like I had to buy parts, but, you know, I would scour eBay and Amazon and everywhere else to try to find the most affordable parts I could, but still have them be decent parts. But I just wanted these kids to be able to stay on a bike. So um, did you
0: find like your passion for that was growing as you were actually in the trenches doing this? Is that how we're getting into this, how the company became?
1: Well, it there's a huge personal satisfaction, a little bit like with the kids when they accomplish something really hard and they're like, oh, wow, I can do it. Uh, for me, it was like, oh, I just did a full one by 12 conversion, you know, <clears throat> or gee, I just did my first brake bleed. Uh, oh wow. I, you know, all these different things that, uh, I really had not done much of before because my shop took care of it for me when I was racing. Um, you know, just, it's like, uh, you hear a lot of times, you know, do all your bikes up and sit back and stare at it and just, just feel the satisfaction. But then, yeah. The part that really hammered at home was, again, seeing not only how excited the kids were to be on a bike that worked, but the parents just so appreciative. Wow. Um, and again, I wasn't trying to do this to like compete with anybody or disparage any shops or anything else like that. It was all pretty much under the table. And I just said, just bring me the bike. And after a while, it spread to where most weekends I had like five or six bikes every single day. Wow. So, um, and wow. did a lot of really good work.
0: That's cool. Doing some cool coach type stuff yeah, there yeah. with, with support uh, MTB rad dad <clears throat> who introduced us is here on the show In the audience. He says, love you ace. Yeah. Adam Miller. Welcome to the show. Adam Oxen. So glad you're getting the help that you need brother. Um, Air Blair says, love you, Chris Thanks for sharing your heart. And then Adam says, Blair is a great coach. He's got the PR on car wreck in Aliso. That's crazy. Dang, Blair. That's a, that's a pretty fun, gnarly trail <laughs> and rad. Dad I, never got a, to, I never
1: got to do that one.
0: So it, it's a good one. When next time you come down, if you want to, we'll take you out there. It looks, it's way different in person than, than in GoPro. GoPro mm. says it. And then you're like, Oh, Oh, this is totally different. Um, trail monster says I had to switch to a high tech helmet, Fox rampage pro carbon when doing fast downhill parks, etc. after I got a horrible concussion a year ago, still suffering from it to this day. Oh Yeah. yeah. What, um, speaking of that helmet most likely saved your life with how it was crushed in in the back. Um, shout out to who made that helmet. What helmet were you wearing back then?
1: That was actually a laser shout out to laser. Yeah. Um, that's who, uh, my, uh, my sponsoring shop actually carried at that time. Um, and uh, I looked really good in it, too, unfortunately. So yeah. it's gone now. <laughs> the sexy you know how, you know how is it gone. is. You go in the shop, you have to try and like eight helmets before you're like, yeah, Great. this one I look really sexy. We'll stick with that.
0: Yeah, this one makes me feel like a spaceman. This, one, <laughs> this, we one, no, this one. We all do it. We all do it. It's true. It's this true. It's high in my head. I don't like that. <laughs> one of your writers from California here, MTV Desert Rats on the line. What's up? Uh, he says, what's up, poppies? <laughs>
1: Um, so ju- just to do a quick shout out, too, and kind of get back to the story. Uh, um, Desert Rat, Luis, uh, and I have – he's been chatting with me a lot. Uh, he's actually been one of my chief advisors trying to pull this project together. Oh, I so, love it. So really happy that he's here. Uh, he's given me uh, – well, I'm amazed he hasn't blocked my phone number because he and I <laughs> talked and texted so much. I'm sure he was like, what well, you Shut the hell up and get out of here, you know. So, <laughs> we're uh, sorry. but no, that you honestly. I would, I would, yeah, I'd give Louise a good <laughs> 30 40 percent of the credit for pulling, helping me pull this together. So, that's thank you very that's much. That's significant, ahead, significant.
0: yeah. Wow, excellent, Louise. I had no idea he never says anything about this stuff when we out riding. What a good dude. <laughs>
1: Oh, true, true. <laughs> <laughs> He's saying true, 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 <laughs> true, true that you almost blocked my, my phone number. <laughs> so
0: you're helping the kids out. You're getting satisfaction from seeing these kids on bikes that, that actually work. They're probably putting out way better times, maybe even podium. The parents are super thankful and grateful. I believe all of this is just building momentum for Burrell bikes.
1: Oh yeah. And so ready to yeah. go into that now?
0: Yeah, I want I want to hear that. What's a great backstory, man? And I'm sure there's more.
1: Uh, well, I mean, at this time, uh, I had moved to Palm Desert to work at uh, the Living Desert Zoo out there, and then COVID hit like the month after I moved out, or oh, a no. couple months.
0: Oh, um,
1: <clears> that's that's when I met um Luis and Adam because one of the few things we could do is get out and ride. Um, I will never forget what uh Luis said to me as we finished our first ride together, but I won't say it here, so we demonetized the video. So, <laughs> it's uh, okay, go for it. No, uh, yo, know, he was he basically was just like, Oh, well, okay, you don't seem like uh person to me so we could ride again i was just like oh <laughs> thanks man
0: <laughs> so, so sounds like something
1: Louis would say jokingly of course so, yeah so but funny. no he uh he was really patient with me because i was extremely out of shape this was when he and i first rode together i was still just barely getting back into getting on the bike even you know so yeah See, he's laughing. Because he remembers yeah, what he he's said. He's got the, he, the he double remembered.
0: emoji laughing
1: faces. Oh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, um, but uh, yeah, so when the pandemic hit, I started trying to think well, at that time, nobody really knew what was going to happen. This was early in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ma- made a lot of big changes in my life and uh, started <laughs> to think well, what do I do if the zoo thing doesn't work out? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Luis is betting is <laughs> uh, That's an important thing, you know, um, and I uh, started honestly thinking about trying maybe like an online uh, component business. I actually had a friend um, that uh, did, uh, oh, what was the name of his website? Well, he did, he, he did uh, a website out of Texas and he made, um, he made really good money and didn't work a ton. <laughs> and wow. uh basically just set up and had good wholesale accounts and was kind of that person that said hey here's all the components what do you want to buy and i did some research into that and saw that that market was getting pretty saturated okay. so in yeah. 20 2020 so um i started actually advertising for doing bike repairs just repairs um and that was cool but i started thinking about um back to my nika days because i volunteered for Nike and palm desert too they had a team And just again, watching really good, talented kids on not even bikes that were falling apart, although some were being held together with duct tape and a prayer, but uh, you know, just some of these kids had real talent and they could really do something if they had a bike that was up to their skill level, their ability level. I mean, some of those kids are fast enough that they can be on the heaviest aluminum bike, but it doesn't really matter. But for everybody that has had that time where they were on some affordable bike, you know, even a name brand or something like that, a recreational level bike, you know, the lowest level of full suspension or something and suddenly jumped on your first carbon fiber bike.
0: No, it's, it's eye opening. It, yeah. it,
1: it's one of those, like you hear angels and trumpets singing, you know, just, it's such a different quality of the ride. Yeah. So after dad. Good to see you. What's um, up, Marty. Yeah, but yeah, you, a lot of you know what I'm talking about. When you get on a bike with good components, good material, <laughs> and it just totally changes the entire ride experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I started thinking about it. I was like, you know, I wonder if it would be possible because um, I'm like, I know how to build a bike now. Um, what if I could build bikes for these kids and if I did it just out of my garage, um, I would have no overhead. I wouldn't have a staff. I wouldn't have rent to pay, et cetera, et cetera. So what if I could do that and pass on all the savings that I would normally have to charge somebody for, if I had mm-hmm. a shop, mm-hmm. just pass those savings on to the customer. Cause again, I'm not doing this to make a ton of money. I'm doing this to try to get kids and you know even adults, but just people on great bikes, um, So I started looking into how to do that. That's when I started calling uh, Luis. I talked to Adam a little bit too. talked to my friend Dennis out in Grand Junction who abandoned me, but we're still friends. We we still love each other. (laughs) The night before, right? (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Uh, So, I well, it may not have been the night before. I can't remember exactly. I just know that he suddenly, he was like, oh, yeah, so we're moving. I'm like, no. Uh, So anyway, just started trying to think, well, what if I could do – something like that, and provide these bikes for these guys. Um, And so I started just researching the market. And after a few months, I started finding ways that I could potentially make it work, how I could get frames, um, excuse me, uh, where I might be able to get components. Uh, And months of research led me into deciding, let's go ahead and do this. I really wanted to get back to having that same satisfaction, that same woohoo feeling of not only sit back and stare at the work I just did, but, uh, see the smiles on everybody's faces when they get that level of a bike. And I have a hard time with talking about this part, but getting that level of a bike for, uh, a price (laughs) that doesn't break their bank. If that makes sense. Yeah,
0: no, I mean, look, I'm looking on the website and, uh, bring that up. Yeah, I am seeing these amazing carbon fiber bike builds. So there's the first one. That's the hardtail. That's the that's the Argo. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a hardtail with 120 millimeters in the front suspension with BXT carbon frame, including dropper post with your choice of component levels. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing about this too, I see you're rocking the Versus tires. That's dope. Scotty would be happy about that. It was
1: right here on your podcast that I learned about versus tires. I dropped him a uh, email afterwards and we've been chatting and yeah, he's getting me tires on these bikes. They're awesome. That if you've not is. tried versus tires, they are awesome.
0: I, I, I double, double agree with that. i um, mm-hmm. rocking those on my bike right now and I, and I love them. And so you've basically built out three, um, three sets of bikes here. You have, and these are cool. These are, uh, these are Viking names. Yes.
1: Uh, Argo is actually from Greece. Okay. Um, when I first thought about it, I was trying to think, well, what would be a really cool name for the bikes? And I actually started it, I had been watching a lot of that show, the Vikings, and I was just really into it. And I'm like, what about something like Norse bikes? That'd be cool. I don't think anybody <laughs> has that. And, uh, I was like, yeah, we can call things, you know, the Bjorn and the Ivar, you know, all, yeah. all this stuff, the Loki and whatever. And I was just really psyched by that. Um, and then again, trying to be as politically correct as I can. I recognize I'm a very, just to be blunt, I'm a very white dude that lives in Idaho that has a certain reputation for certain types of people living up in the mountains and woods of Idaho. I did not want to associate <laughs> the the brand with anything that could be associated with negatively with uh, less than positive groups. I'll put it that way. I so I, yeah. I went back to the drawing board <laughs> and decided what the hell just go with my name burrell bikes and it worked out so it looks um, good
0: too it looks really yeah, good
1: so i do have three builds uh you can see the two that i'm focusing on right now the argo uh when i got away from the viking theme i decided to kind of do more of an adventure theme because to okay. me that's what, part of what bikes allow you to do is go out and have an adventure totally. um yeah. and just you know love being out there with your mates and everything else. So the Argo is a hardtail. I can do anything from an 80 millimeter front to up to 120, Um, and I've been myself been surprised just how fast that sucker is. I basically built that for the racing kids, but I built myself one as well. And that's the bike I'm reaching for most often in my quiver. So I just have nice. so much fun on it. it looks, um, looks and I'm doing and agile. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, uh, I've done, ta- I've done all the big tabletops out here on that thing, and it's been just fine. I'm just having so much fun. So wow. um, it's not exactly a trail build, but um, I- I've ridden it on every trail around here and still having fun. So the uh, bike on the other side, the Ivar, I did decide to keep that name. That's the one in the millier. Yep, that is essentially a downcountry build. I know some okay. people don't like that term, but it's essentially a cross-country build With 120 millimeter suspension front and back, okay. Uh, So it is very raceable, but it's also a good all-around bike, Um, especially if you don't have too much gnar, (laughs) you know. Uh, But I've ridden it on all the hardest trails here, um, including uh, red trails and everything, and it's handled it just fine. That red one there—that's again—that's the bike that I built. You saw in the picture earlier. So yeah, yeah, that's That's one of
0: the. That was one of the first builds, yeah? The, that was the black the first and red one. build. Oh, yeah. that was
1: the, okay. And wow. you can kind of see that part of my idea was I'll just, I'm going to stick with black, nice glossy black, and uh, just put my logos on them and then give everybody a chance to customize it by picking their favorite accent color. And nice. uh, so you can see all the grips are those colors. Sometimes it's on the uh the wheels if you get carbon wheels uh and then there are other accents that you that we can add on in different places that way i didn't have to worry about oh well i make this frame green or blue and oh what if this person doesn't like blue and they wanted red and it just this was the simpler way to do it and i found that everybody was really excited that they get to pick their own color um so
0: that is is a cool customization definitely
1: so and then you can't really see it in here but you you might see some different components on a few things. Um, All the frames are actually BXT is the name of the company. I researched them for about three months solid before I decided to go with them as my as my frame provider. And I'm actually uh, doing a redesign on the frames on the far right, the Ahab. So I've actually pulled that off of uh, sales and production, but I still have a few Um, because there's a few things I discovered in trail tests on the frame that I'd like to adjust. So we've gone back, but You can see I have uh, all my suspension is SR Suntour. Um, They were somebody that jumped on, were willing to help me out, uh, which we didn't get into that, but that was a whole another headache was trying just to find companies that would support me um, and give wholesale accounts because it's a long story that I can share some of that. But I went months without finding any supporters. And since I'm doing this out of my garage, none of the wholesalers wanted to touch me. They said, oh, "Oh, well, if you go out and you get a (laughs) shop then yeah, we can chat about it. I'm like, that's kind of defeating the point is I want to keep my prices as low as I can. Yeah, keep your overhead low. Exactly. So I can pass it on to the customer. So so I actually got told no a lot. And uh, then eventually, basically what I do is I would find the company, you know, E13 or, uh, you know, Race Face or Crank Brothers or whatever else and uh, reach out and contact them and, Tell them my story and see if they were interested in uh in supporting me. And I got told no a lot. <laughs> and uh then finally my first yes was PNW. Wow. So if That's you look big. closely, yeah, go back to the Ivar and Argo since those are the two bikes I'm making. Uh you will notice that um a lot of the components on these bikes are uh are PNW components right,
0: right there. I see it on the bars, PNW right All of there. the
1: droppers are PNW droppers. Um, And as you, some of you will know, they have three different levels of droppers. They have the kind of the, the low level. It's not really an entry, but it's a low level, the ridge. Then they have the Rainier, and then they have the loam. And the Rainier and loam are great because you can actually unscrew the collar and actually do minute little adjustments to raise it up or down. Because as you know, once you've got your cable tension set, on your dropper you don't want to mess with it if you don't have to so the fact that they've included that is fantastic especially for all these kids that are still growing and need the bike to adjust with them but um all the bikes have three build levels um that's where some of the cost gets differentiated um the quote-unquote low affordable level is all shimano dior um yeah it is legit shimano dior uh they're all one by 12 speed um, and I usually do a uh, 10 to 51 tooth, and then usually a 30 or 32 tooth in the front, just depending upon what people want. Um, the mid-level build is Shimano SLX, and okay. these are the full group sets. It's not just the shifter and derailleur. It's the whole thing, the crank set, you know, all of it. Um, and then the high end build is actually the X, the Shimano XT. Okay. I decided yeah. not to bother with XTR just cause that the price on that just goes so high um, relative to the other ones. And I could get those three group sets for an affordable price that fit in with the pricing model I wanted to do. So essentially if somebody says they want to uh, try out the bike, what I've been doing is I have a, a bunch of these bikes as demos. I take them out to the local trails and let everybody just ride them for their first experience on it and tell me what they think. Then I can make adjustments on the fly if they need to and everything else. And almost every time I've taken people out and let them try the bike, almost every time they've said, I want to buy one, but I want this one. So <laughs> they want
0: the one that you're they're riding, right? Then the, and one, there.
1: That, uh, the one that they're riding. And so it's been <laughs> hard for me to keep my demo bikes in stock because my plan was to have all these demo bikes, one in each size, let the people ride them. And then when they want one, I'd order a frame for them and then build it, but they keep wanting that bike. They <laughs> so, want
0: they want it that instant. They want it now. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, and also all of these frames are decals for my uh, logos. Um, they have the, the Borel bikes on the down tube on the top tube. They have the Argo or Ivar and then on the, um, oh, yeah. the head tube, I don't know. If, yeah. You can't really see it in these, but I have a, a uh, little mountain logo that is the company logo that I just get all queasy and excited and woohoo about. So yeah, I could see um, it right there
0: on the Ivar it's in, yeah. it's in like a silver, I believe. It's like right a gray there.
1: silver. Yeah, yeah. And, um, That's what's this- happening now is now that I've shown, yep. Those mountains. Once uh, now that the frame company has seen that I'm going to give them a high volume, um, they actually have offered, I'm now going to get my logos and everything painted on. So it will be fully legit. No more of these decals. Uh, And as I said, we're working on some redesigns uh, to a couple things um, that I'm like, Oh, if we just did this tweak that change this, it's going to be a much better experience. So um, I will tell you too, that the, the, I don't want to get too much into prices. Um, yeah. If people are curious, I'd rather than just send me to uh, send me an email. Uh, there's a link to contact me on the website, or they can find me in any of the social media platforms. Yeah, there it is. Uh, the affordable Argo, which is the carbon fiber um, with Shimano Dior one by twelve high. Qual- I mean P and W. It's all high quality stuff. That carbon bike starts out at nineteen hundred.
0: Whoa, this is everything, the frame, the, everything that
1: red, that red one, that, that gray one right there. Yeah. It starts, but you know, if you do no upgrades whatsoever, it's the 1900 plus taxes.
0: Oh, geez.
1: So you really are
0: passing the, the, the discount onto the consumer.
1: In truth, I am not hardly making anything. Um, the, you know, the, the vast majority of the cost really is the, um, the cost of the components in the frame, and then the state taxes that I have to pay. And I don't. frankly, I only make a couple hundred bucks on every single bike. So wow. um, like my, luckily for us, that. my wife is a director of nursing, so she makes decent money for us now. Um, so I've switched to being a stay-at-home dad, and I'm basically doing this. Yeah, I'm serious about it, but essentially it's a passion project for me. So. Love it. I I love it, and
0: it has so much potential. I mean, um, <clears throat> these bikes are very cool looking. I I want to come out there and 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 uh, demo one. What what are you going to change on the on the Ahab? You were saying that through testing, you noticed a few little tweaks here and there that you were hoping to make changes on, or are you allowed uh, to say that, that's at this uh,
1: point? that's proprietary, Mark? <laughs>
0: Well, we will have to wait and see, but.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm dope. actually um, working with them on a potentially a full redesign. So we're we'll it's going to be a long project because, I mean, anything you're doing where you're communicating across the ocean is going to take a long time, unfortunately. And I am a staff of one, yes. so I can't just pass it off to a design team or something like that. So right, right. Uh-oh. this, yeah, this is this is great. So I have my uh, shop pup is behind me now. Oh. That's my daughter behind me, but yeah, the shop <laughs> up is there too. She can stay. she can say. I'll be off in a bit, honey. I I love
0: it. Um, just catching up to the uh, the chats here as uh, we were looking at the website. We had a, a lot of things that came in. Uh, Marty says uh, Rotorua has been amazing. I've been seeing some of the posts out there. Uh, Marty, that it's, it's definitely cool. Uh, Marty also says uh, went to a Yeti demo day and fastest Yeti was the one one five was a one fifteen on a five minute flow trail loop so i feel like people are running these like smaller travel fast and nimble bikes i know adam mm-hmm. miller aka mtv ride dad has been doing that uh in fact he says right here the 120 is a great sweet
1: spot yeah i i found that uh a lot 120 130 really is the most that i need for the vast majority of my riding the rest of that i hate to say it this way but comes down to skill mm. improving my skills yeah so I mean, if I know how to take off and land, I absolutely, I can do a lot of stuff. Like even a lot of things that occur, I could do it on a hardtail if yeah. I have the right type of skill.
0: Yeah. So, so that's so true. I know we had a uh, Dr. Jason Richardson on the podcast. He's a Pan Am ex, uh, gold, gold medalist winner. And a lot of times I guess those BMX racers, when they jump, they barely use their suspension. He said, check the next time you talk to a BMX or check their O ring on their suspension. It would it'll barely move. Yeah, because <laughs> they're just running everything so smooth. Um, Trump Pimp saying mental health is real for sure, for sure. Octo Data saying cool to see grips and accent options. Yeah, definitely.
1: Actually, I can noticed- I run through really fast some of the other companies, or did you have another question?
0: Absolutely, go for it, go for it.
1: So PW was the first one that jumped in to support me, and they were just like I said, every time I call I reached out, I had to tell them my whole story, what I wanted to do for my business model what I wasn't trying to accomplish, you know, and some companies said, yeah, we love that. Let's do it. And other companies were like, nah, it's not really for us. Um, and that's fine. I'm not going to throw any companies under the bus. They got to do what's right for them. But PNW was the absolute first one uh, to reach out to me. Was it the uh, person
0: on the other line of PNW or was it part of their culture that they, that they loved your story and they said, man, we want to support that. And, well, what do you think uh, it was that made them say yes?
1: I think it's the fact that I'm incredibly handsome.
0: Well, I mean, Uh, even without the helmet on,
1: (laughs) no, I I think that there are just some, honestly, if you look at a lot of their, their culture marketing from PMW, they they have very similar goals and um, ideals about high quality yet affordable gear. So that everybody can have that great stuff, Uh, quality, quality components. Again, they're trying, but they're trying to reach the everyday rider, not just the, the big, you know, the big three, senders, and three
0: dudes like on the podium. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so when I told them, really my whole goal was to get kids and other, you know, everybody else on a quality bike. I mean, that's our tagline is everyone deserves a great bike. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. They said, yeah, that, that fits right in with uh, what we're all about. So um, the next company, and honestly the PW one was fantastic, but as most of you know, they don't have suspension, they don't have breaks. I had to find, uh, companies that would support me for all these parts. And I was reaching a point where I was getting ready to give up actually. And, uh, that's when, uh, I met and Jerry. No so, okay. and, uh, he and I met at a coffee, ha- a coffee shack and had a good breakfast and coffee together. We chatted a lot about his, uh, background and what I wanted to do. And, um, he was another one that just totally was psyched by, uh, wanting to help me accomplish that goal and one I'm of the best things that he said was it that, that I really appreciate. Um, well, a, a lot honestly, a lot of the company said it was just that I was trying to help out a niche essentially. Mm. Um, you know I, I'm not out there to totally redesign the, the biking market. I'm just trying to help out a particular niche. So um, so yeah, I got a TRP breaks and yeah, if you guys haven't seen <laughs> the interview with Jumpy Jerry. Uh, go back and see it. My gosh, that guy's, he's as well-traveled and experienced and knowledgeable about all this as anybody. So that was a great interview, but Jerry's just a great soul, good person. He's checked in on me a few times. He's come to the shop and just really encouraged everything I do. Um, also got support from E13. They also were really excited. So, um, some of my build levels, uh, like the high level, they get the E13, uh, pedals, the carbon bar, carbon stem stuff like that, you know, um, Sweet. but PNW it's mostly the loam and the Rainier leveled components. So, um, then, uh, yeah, there were a handful of other companies, um, that jumped up to support me, uh, which I really appreciated. Um, honestly, I I've, uh, had some really good conversations. I, I, I wasn't quite sure what else to get. I, I want to try to find some helmets. Um, I couldn't find a helmet distributor. Cause I'm like, I want to be able to give people the option to get stuff. So I want to have it so they don't have to go to four or five different places. Yeah. So I also thought, well, I'm going to see if I can find some place that does gloves. And, uh, so I started thinking, who can I reach out to? Um, and, uh, from sketchy trails, if you guys have checked out her website and her artwork, I have a bunch of her prints in my <laughs> workshop she, if you guys have seen, she actually uh, has a partnership with a company called Trail Manos. I believe I'm pronouncing that right out of Arizona. And uh, they're another company that really supports. um, I have no idea what Adam is saying right there. Uh, It's a
0: helmet company. Oh, uh,
1: I I will get back to the helmet eventually, but I'm not focused on it right now. I, I put a lot of effort into that. But no they they also were really psyched about my uh, my mission and what my goals and values were and uh, they're designing uh, different gloves. I got them hooked up with some nicotines up here. they're designing kits for them and we're working on some stuff for uh, for helping them move into other markets and such i'm I'm not trying to say that I'm some big mover with them, but you know just it's been so great to find uh, companies that buy into, know what really has become my passion project and my dream and say yeah we want to help you accomplish that so you know there's there are a handful of other companies but uh those were some of the ones that have given me the greatest support that you know again sr centaur yeah they they were another one that i was really surprised um that they were like yeah we we dig this it's a great idea you know so um i I, I never thought i was going to get them honestly so yeah, I was
0: going to say uh, jumping Jerry would be a great resource because he used to live in that suspension world. Did he kind of push you in the direction of some folks or
1: he gave me some suggestions um, and uh, I didn't want to try to take up too much of his generosity or anything like that. But he gave me a couple to reach out to uh, nice. some of the ones that he reached that I reached out to uh, after his suggestion were ones that they said, oh, we, we love it, but we can't take on any more accounts right now just because, you know, this was last year when you couldn't get anything so
0: pandemic everyone was dry right nothing on the shelf
1: yeah so i you know i don't blame those companies some of them i might circle back to but i've decided i'm just going to focus on what i've got going right now and just try to build up the knowledge that i'm here and what i'm doing and then i'll get back to try to expand so
0: yeah dude i love i love what you're doing and uh the the passion project i love that you can walk away from the corporate world and give this a chance You know, for all the folks who dream about doing something like this, I mean, this is a great example of just going for it. And then the, the, not only the, the quote unquote niche that you're doing, you're helping out a a great cause for kids who want to ride good bikes in race. Um, but also anybody else who wants to jump in there, adults, dads, moms, whoever wants to jump in and, uh, you know, get a great carbon bike. Mm -hmm. For a good price, knowing that it's built by somebody like you, which is, uh, which is great. So if folks were interested in buying a Burrell bike, could they purchase it on the website or do, do they have to be in the local area at this point?
1: I actually can ship, but completed bikes. I've actually had two out of state, uh, customers. One was in Arizona and one was in grand junction. So I can actually do shipping now, um, they're not my own boxes yet, but, uh, you know, I, I, can get them. Um, but, uh, you know, local is really easy. Of course, the easiest thing to do. And the reason I have it set up this way is because there are so many personable options mm-hmm. that somebody could pick about even, you know, length of the handlebar, how much suspension and all that other stuff, you know, um, it's, in addition to the accent color that, uh, I would like I actually want to talk to them and actually kind of put that bike build together and kind of go over the options, go over the pricing, uh, you know, help them really get the bike that's going to be best for them. So if they just reach out on that contact link on my website on burrellbikes.com and if they scroll down, they can just reach out contact and then I'll get back in touch with them and we'll have a chat. So I also have an Instagram, uh, burrellbikes, the number one. That I post all the bikes that I've been building, some of the trails we've been riding with them, some of the people that have purchased them. Uh, there actually is a race this weekend, and I have three bikes that are racing in that one. So nice. I'm excited! Uh, yeah, things are going well.
0: That is great. That is that is awesome. As far, are you going to build a, a Burrell Bikes team? Is at this like? Cut, it sounds like you have riders on that, but I know it's also tough because you are a one man show trying to like make it all work. But what are your like kind of what's your five year plan
1: with this? Oh jeez, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's such a corporate question. <laughs> honestly, at this point, my I'm looking ahead just to next year. Um, this year, again, like we've said a couple times, I'm a one man shop. I'm a one man deal, so um, I can only do so much. I only have so much bandwidth, and I can only afford, frankly, to bring in so much inventory. Um, I'm actually considering doing a GoFundMe. Campaign to see if I can help raise some revenue so that I can get some more inventory in. Um, but uh, I, I'm slowly just volunteering with the high school leagues, um, going around and talking to coaches and letting them know hey, if you got a kid who can't afford one of these bikes, you know, tell them to reach out to me. Um, I've actually had multiple contacts that way. I'm just trying to kind of grow it organically. Um, I know that Luis has told me many times that he would happily accept a bike. So <laughs> you never know. You might see a Burrell bike down there. Um Trail Manos and I are, act- we are working on a Jersey, so we'll see where it goes, but I'm hoping that next year um I can have my full plan of all my demo bikes and then a whole bunch of frames that I can just grab out and build. So people say, I want that one. I can be like, no, take that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is the demo bike. We can build you up one.
0: Yeah. Oh man, Ace. Dude, thank you so much for jumping on the segment. I, I love the story, and I love what you're doing. I, I hope this helps you in some way of, of getting the company out there. Um, tell the folks again where they can go to take a look at these bikes and and even get one custom made for them.
1: Uh, so the URL for my website is Burrell Bikes. That's B-U-R-R-E-L-L, not Burrell. So, thanks Mark. uh and uh you want to scroll to the very top so they can see the URL. So, um oh, I guess that's it. Okay, yeah. Br- that's what it looks like. barrelbikes.com, really simple and there's a contact sheet uh partway down this first page. It's really just a simple website right now. Uh, but at least now I can take orders um and actually fulfill them to pretty much anywhere in the country. I do have inventory so I can build bikes um yeah and that's the easiest place i also do have an instagram which should be linked yeah i see there's the little icon down there uh that's just burrell bikes and then the number one that's another place to contact me and really they end up just calling my we talk on my cell phone it's a very one-to-one very in-person uh experience and that's another part of what i'm trying to create
0: love it and here's some of the folks on your instagram right there did it open up a new screen are you able to see this no let me uh let me just share it real quick with the folks that are on um the instagram just popped up and i want folks to see some of the kiddos that are on there that are enjoying
1: some yeah of those vibes. were the parents that said i could take a photo there are quite a few that said no they're not comfortable with that but
0: there's a build right there yeah yep. going out wow that was july 19th
1: yeah she uh her dad actually contacted me and was like hey my daughter wants she's on the team she wants to try a hardtail she was on an uh an alloy full suspension probably like a 30 33 pounder or something like that you know it wasn't a bad bike at all but it was a trail bike and she got on that bike and after um her first lap she came back and was like i love it (laughs) And by the end of the day she was like this bike this is the one dad Make it happen. So, wow. That yeah, is... I see her at practices and she's just having a great old time on that. So, and she's one of the ones racing this weekend. So I'm excited to hear how it goes.
0: That is, that is cool. Yeah. I see if the, there, there's another shot.
1: Yeah, right there. I do, by the way, on Instagram list, the full build. So people can see, um, kind of what's going into it. And I try to tag the companies that are included in that build. So, oh, yeah, um, I see that right
0: yeah. here. I see that right here in your, uh, description. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Look at that. That's very cool. There's the shop. There's another one being built right there. Somebody asked in the chats uh, before you go, I want to get to this question. They asked the, about the pedals. Are you, mm-hmm. do you have a, a company that you use for pedals?
1: Yeah. Uh, so I have, there are three different companies that uh, are my primary build levels. Excuse me. Um, there's a company called Fifty Fifty they're relatively new. Um, they were another one that early on we got chatting and they were like, yeah, let's, let's help each other. They do for again, that affordable level build. Um, they got like the grips and the stem and, um, the pedals and such, but I mean, their colors are spot on, right. What I was looking for. Then as you go higher up, it's a a mix of P and W. Uh, they have those new loan pedals. Um, and you can choose if you want the composite ones or the the metal uh, alloy ones so again that's part of the customization um and e13 is the other one that i primarily do a lot of the uh components swapping out with so
0: gotcha okay that's cool <clears throat> got a couple of chats down oh, hey. here DB, eli, is this inspiring. He's one of is kids
1: on the bikes
0: there we go eli the mtb i currently am going to race one of the ivars oh mm-hmm. he's one of the three
1: that's going to be racing these bad boys that's right i'm excited because he's on the full suspension the other two are on hardtails so no nice. um, i i feel yeah he wanted to, he needed to borrow one and uh I haven't been able to attend practice, so he's been able to keep it now for over a week. Lucky him! So
0: nice, Eli. He's getting real comfortable with that bike. Maybe he'll pull a podium and uh, have that thing showcased there. That could be very sick. But either way, we're throwing down a- the challenge, Eli. Make it happen. It's gonna be a good time. <laughs> it's gonna be a good time. Anything that we may have left out, but as we close out the show,
1: no, I really don't think so. Uh, Mark and I have been trying to do this actually for months. Yes, uh, I talked to him about it gosh, was it January that we first talked about it? Yeah.
0: I said, we got to get you on the show. And you're like, I'm
1: not ready yet. No, I'm like, I I had, that was back when I was first getting just accounts and I didn't even know if I was going to get them yet. So, so thank you for that. I appreciate Mark has also been one to give me some support, at least emotional support, encouragement. Uh, So many, honestly, of the community here has talked to me at least a little bit and just said that they really like what I'm doing. And I appreciate that. Uh, You know, but yeah, honestly, if, Anybody wants to chat about a bike, like I say, it makes all the difference in the world when you get on a high quality, good components, good equipment. Um, And uh, to be blunt, I'm really proud of what I'm doing. So, Yeah, I'm proud of what you're doing too, Christian. I think it's
0: awesome. And hopefully we'll see one of those uh, Burrell bikes out here in Southern California paving some trails so people can ask, how do I get one of those? What is that thing? That I can't wait for that day. Luis and then, actually has
1: stickers already. so <laughs> Oh,
0: Luis prepping it up. I love it. Right. I love it. He's down in Oceanside, so he'll be able to get a lot of that good Southern California exposure, yeah. which would be really so good. Next, next ride, Luis. Take some of those
1: stickers out. I'll send you some more.
0: There you go. <laughs> there you go. And then lastly, I'll hook you up. Fred Salazar is the head of a crew called the Bomber Crew, and they're oh, yeah. supported by Laser Helmets. And laser saved your life once. I'm wondering if uh, I can help get them to the table to talk to you.
1: I would love to. Uh, they they did not accept my initial inquiry, but if there's somebody that can help break down a door there for me, I would love it. I really, I really like their helmets, anyways. So nice,
0: nice. I'll definitely help out. I'll definitely help out there. And then I got another company that uh, supports the podcast, Dionese. Um, yeah, I, I yeah, can yeah. talk to those guys too. So, uh, but anyways, dude, love what you're doing. Let me know if there's anything else that we can do. I can do to help out. I'm excited to see where this goes. Uh, for the folks out there that are listening in podcast land, when you hear this, go check out BurrellBikes.com.
1: Thank you again, everyone. It's a good night, everybody. See you later.
0: That is the end of this episode, senders. Hope you guys enjoyed that story of how Christian went from the passion of the mountain bike to racing in that fateful day where he was run over by a truck that led him down this road where he is today. If you are interested in looking at Burrell Bikes, you can head over to his website at BurrellBikes.com. That's B-U-R-R-E-L-L dot com again that's burrellbikes.com there is a contact me button there if you press that and put in your information you can have a custom burrell bike made for you without breaking the bank hope you guys enjoyed this episode hope you're doing well and as always dream big work those dreams into goals and then work towards achieving those goals one at a time and live the life that you want hope to see you guys out on the trails thank you so much and we'll see you all on the next episode